Welcome to Lunch Break, a special weekly series of the Eternal Entrepreneur that gives you bite-sized pieces of wisdom on how to build a functional faith and business. Each episode unpacks a short, actionable topic you can put into practice this week. Let's get into it. Well, hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us for Lunch Break. I am Pierce Brantley, co-host of the Eternal Entrepreneur, and today I'm going to speak about revenue. Who doesn't like a good, healthy conversation about revenue? Typically, after a couple cups of coffee in the morning, this conversation is going to be focused in on my solopreneurs, my startup owners, my holy hustlers, those who want to solve their revenue problem. If you are just building your business, you are both the CEO, you're the head of sales, and you're the chief revenue officer. And if you don't get your revenue working, unless you have a plan to work from a loss for many years, and then in that, typically that means you're building a super big company, then you need to go solve your revenue problem quickly. And this is particularly poignant for me because as some of my story, I grew up in some really adverse poverty. We grew up in a barn when it rained the barn would fill with water. Uh, we literally, <laughs> we had a a, a, a laundry uh, detergent bucket we got from Sam's. We would take that five-gallon detergent bucket and we had two wells. One was the washing well. And the other was the drinking well. And we'd take the concrete lid off the well and we'd go fill it up with water. And... To describe all of this, what was the phrase that was normally uh, coming from uh, the table at dinner time? It was, when you work for yourself, it's feast or it's famine. Sometimes it's feasting and sometimes it's famine. And then we go back to talk about Paul and Paul would say, I know whether to abase or to abound because uh, I know how to be in poverty or, in, or to have a lot of wealth. And he was in jail at the time. And if you have a poverty mindset, you take that to mean that there's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times and they're largely out of your control. It's true that there's good times and that there are bad times. Uh, it is not completely out of your control. I was looking at uh, some fringe cryptocurrencies today, looking at um, some things to throw some money away on. And I was looking at the ticker the stock ticker is basically for those cryptocurrencies and looking at their historical values and thinking about investments in general. And they go up and they go down and they go up and they go down. It is the exception to the rule, however, for them to all go down. Generally speaking, these things appreciate. And the same should be true for your revenue. Your revenue should continually go up. Growth should be something that you are intentionally thinking about, planning for, and executing on every single day. And when you get off on side conversations about brand, or you get off on side conversations about marketing, or you get side conversations about new product development or whatever, those are all absolutely essential, must-have conversations for a business. But growth is something that does not happen by mistake. It's something that is executed on, against, and for every single day of your entrepreneurial life. You have to plan it and 
execute against it. But the idea of living on a roller coaster, even though there may be some nuance, some um, churn or attrition, on the whole, on trend, you should be growing. And if you're not growing, that's because you're not planning. And that may feel like a gut punch, especially if you're in a place of struggle. But what I want to do today is talk about just my own framework for um, revenue. Now, I'm a consultant. Um, and so there's just me. But I've also been an executive for large companies too, had exits from large companies. And um, it doesn't really matter whether you're a solopreneur or a big company. There is a way in which you need to plan your revenue. And I have helped some guys who are just solopreneurs go from uh, freelancing to actually having a stable income um, through just making some tweaks to the way they think about revenue. So most of us either have a product or a service. You if you have a product, you need to sell X number of products in order to hit uh, a baseline or to be able to feed your family or whatever. You, so you have a PL. And the other group has a service or a mixture of products and services, and you have some rate for that service. And so you want the service to continue as long as it can, or you want to get a really big client. And if you don't have really clear kind of numbers for either one of these things, then that's going to be your first problem. I'm going to assume that you have a set number for your product or for your service. So your product sells for X and there's, you know, exactly how much margin you have on it. And if you have a service, you sell it exactly for X and you know exactly how much margin you have on it. If you don't have that figured out, go figure that out. Um, come back to this podcast and we'll talk from there. The way to avoid feast and famine is with three revenue streams. I know some of you Solomon junkies think that you need to have seven revenue streams. If you can come up with seven revenue streams and manage all of them, go and do it. Uh, but in order to uh, mitigate feast and famine, you need three revenue streams. The first revenue stream is what I call your bread and butter revenue stream. You need to reverse engineer how much money you want to make a year. Or another way of thinking of this is you need to reverse engineer all of your expenses, your estimated expenses, your costs for different things, and the amount you want to pay yourself. And that is your bread and butter revenue. That is your baseline. And you need to go solve that with one or with two big contracts. And you don't do anything else until you've got that bread and butter contract. And uh, some people call this whale hunting and they don't want to be in the whale hunting business. That's fine. Don't be in the whale hunting business, but have a whale as part of your portfolio. Don't make your whole business about hunting whales, but go solve your, um, your lights on revenue. Go solve that before solving anything else. The reason I say that is because there's different frameworks out there for like goal prioritization during the year or whatnot. And then, uh, it's called uh, the rocks approach where you got to figure out what rocks you want in your quarter. The same is true for like the, 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 the childhood fable where 
you know, if you put rocks in uh, a glass jar and then you put your pebbles in the glass jar, and then your sand in the glass jar, everything fits. But if you start with your sand and then your rocks or your sand and then your pebbles, you're never going to have room for the rocks. The same is true for big revenue. If you are hyper-focused on selling tons and tons and tons of like low, um, uh, an affordable um, but cheap item, you're going to be spinning your tires, wasting energy selling that thing. You might sell a lot of them, but you're going to find that you're constantly spinning your wheels. You're constantly exhausted. You're constantly looking for the next sale. Get out of that because that's what causes fatigue. That's what causes you from, that's what requires you to work in the business and on the business. That's also in the quiet moments, what makes you feel like a failure. and makes you wonder why you got into entrepreneurship to begin with. Solve your rocks problem. Solve your bread and butter revenue problem first, and it needs to be annualized. I even say go look for multi-year contracts. And if you sell a product, you say, how do I sell a multi-year kind of contract? Go to a Walmart or a Target or a uh, something like that and uh, don't stop until you get into a big box store. Like, And I'm talking about don't go to bed at night like you have to live and breathe, go getting something that you can, that's going to cause enough revenue for you to be able to go focus on these two other revenue streams. Otherwise, you are going to be jumping from bill to bill. You're going to be jumping from contract to contract. And you're going to feel like a freelancer or you're going to feel like an incompetent business owner. So go solve that first big bread and butter contract. That's revenue stream one. And I think it's foundational to being able to get your business into a healthy place. This is what, um, this also gives you a a reset on zero. So this is just good kind of business metrics in general. Uh, Joe and I actually do this with the podcast. We talk about what our new zero marker is and it's not zero. It's a different number. The same should be true for your bottom of the line revenue. So in my business, I have bottom of the line revenue and I'm always trying to raise that baseline, meaning uh, I, God willing, God facilitating three months from now, I know what my zero number is. I won't go beneath that number in terms of revenue. And you should always be looking to raise that floor. That floor should needs to intentionally grow. But you got to start with the baseline, and that starts with the bread and butter contract. If you're not thinking about baseline zeros, like uh, what what your floor is for revenue, meaning our, we will never have less than this in revenue, then you're constantly going to be just trying to go grab revenue, and that's exhausting. You can't do it. So, all right, I think we understand. That's revenue stream one. Go figure out your floor. Go figure out, annualize some contract that or some service agreement that's going to work for that. And don't do anything else until you go do that one thing. Uh, revenue stream number two. This is like, um, I would say these are chunky contracts. Um, and these with products, this is where you're building in bundles. So maybe you sell a widget and um, that's going to be like... you. Typically, you just sell one or two or three of them, or you sell one to one customer, whatever. Find some way of bundling. So like Gillette does this by intentionally separating their razors from uh, their uh, the handles. And then they also sell, um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, shaving cream. Sorry, slipped my mind. 
Their main product is razors. Why do you buy Gillette? You buy Gillette for the razors. But they have broken up their product into multiple pieces, and then they sell them all as a bundle. You can buy each piece individually, but bundling is better for the customer, and they also make more revenue as well, and it increases their, their footprint. So this might require re-architecting if you are thinking about um, if you have a product. Um, but the best products, uh, the, well, let me pause. We often think that we want to we want to provide really good service or provide a really good product, and so we just try and build the best thing that we can and say we build the best widget in whatever category we we think of, and we're really proud of that. The problem is perceived value for a customer is often different from the way that we build in value. And so products most of the time sell better when they're broken up into multiple pieces. That's why uh, a iPhone has um, the case is separate. You can determine how much, how many gigabytes you want in the case. You can determine whether or not you want iCloud storage or iTunes or music. Everything is broken apart, and that's a mixture of products and services. But that's that's done on purpose. And if you're selling everything as one big thing, try breaking it apart and bundling it and then selling it for more. Um, the customer gets that, and it's going to create uh, more revenue for you. If you're in a service-based industry, then the way you do the second stream of revenue is by getting uh, – low time, high value clients where you are doing things that um, you're offering services that are big ticket, um, but they don't pay the bills. So maybe you got a $50,000, you know, speaking gig or consulting contract or something like that. And maybe it takes, I don't know, 80, 80 hours of your time or um, 40 hours of your time or um, it's only going to, it's going to be gone in a month or two. It looks like a big number. It is a big number, but after taxes and expenses and everything else, does it help your bottom line? Absolutely. Are they a good client to have? Absolutely. But it's layered on top of your, your bread and butter services. And I would say, don't go pursue these things really, um, unless it, you already have your bread and butter services taken care of unless somehow it's uh, it sells into it sells into um, your bread and butter thing. So let's say you want someone to spend 50,000 with you so that they'll spend 200,000 with you. Well, that's okay. So long as that's an intentional strategy that you have, if it's not an intentional strategy that you have, go solve the first problem first, by the way, uh, with products, a lot of products now have services built into them. We just use the iPhone example. Um, I would do the same thing too. So like we just bought a car for my wife. The car was X amount of dollars, um, but we also bought a, uh, it's like five years of oil changes with it as well. And that's built into uh, the contract that we, or the, the the yeah, it is a contract, but you know what I'm saying, the bill, um, the monthly bill as well. So, Build bread and butter services into your your products um, that are bundled like that, and that will also help you continue to raise that floor. But that has to be intentional too. So, and then last but not least, and I think this is where we get things wrong is 
the um, uh, this is high frequency, low dollar services. And so this is where most businesses start. So they say, uh, we sell cookies. So like they're a bakery. And so we just want to sell cookies. And in order to keep the lights on, we need to sell 200 cookies a day or 1,000 cookies a day in order to keep the lights on. That should really be your last revenue stream. Uh, you're not in the cookie business. You're in the entertainment industry. So how are you solving entertainment? Um, or you're really a marketing business. And so you should be on TikTok and YouTube and you should have a cooking show and everything else. And yet, do you sell cookies? Yes, but your money is coming actually from advertising because your cookies are so good. Or you're you're selling to corporations or something like that. The cookie is not the product. But you can still sell the cookie. Um, but it needs to be the last thing that you think about. The absolute last thing that you think about. And this really comes back to understanding what business are you really in. The business I'm in uh, oftentimes includes uh, interface design. So like the buttons that you look at on a screen, but I don't sell buttons on a screen. Sometimes that happens to include um, the work I do, but I'm never selling buttons on a screen. Uh, a bakery does not sell cookies. A car business um, or a, like a, a dealership doesn't sell cars. Um, you're, you're in a topmost category and the category is what, you, what counts. So that last revenue stream needs to be high frequency, low revenue. And it's just the icing on top of all your other revenue. Once you have your bread and butter, once you have your big ticket converters that move back into your bread and butter, and then last but not least, you have high frequency, low revenue, and I need to say low time too. This is like ad hoc services. Um, then you have something that's really, really well-rounded. So this is a shotgun approach to building out your revenue. Uh, and when you cover these three revenue streams, you greatly mitigate the feeling of being on a roller coaster in your own business. So those sell down services are super, super important for that. So that's my encouragement to you guys this week. Uh, if you haven't thought about how to create sustainable revenue, that needs to be something that you you think about now. Uh, you might be thinking, well, I'm very sales oriented. That's great, but that makes you a perpetual hustler. What you want to be doing is someone who perpetually enjoys the revenue coming from their business, which means at some point, you do actually stop hustling because your systems, your revenue model is working for you. Otherwise, you're just a glutton for punishment. And that's nothing to be proud of. So, okay, guys, um, my action for you guys this week is go do analysis. See if uh, you have those three revenue streams defined for your business and making sure that they play into raising that floor on a regular basis. I look at it once a year. And I probably do health checks once a month, actually, on that revenue. Uh, and then start to plan for that model. Your marketing, your sales approach, everything else should be reflective of your revenue strategy. And that way, the system is beginning to play off of and work off of itself. All right, my friends, have a great week. And don't forget to think eternally. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a quick review. When you do, it helps other entrepreneurs find this content and benefit from it too. See you next week.